0: matchup between your two favorite teams and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express you breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge now it's almost tip off and everyone's already on their feet this is gonna be good see how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex don't live life without it Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum card. 8 a.m. Wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m. Grab seats for the game. 6 p.m. Book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpresscom Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply.
1: Oh yeah! Back again, the Hangtime Podcast. Sekou Smith safely in the confines here. At headquarters in Atlanta, John Schumann joining us from the hideout in New Jersey, and Greg Anthony on the phone after calling Cavs and Heat last night. After watching uh, D. Wade get at LeBron a little bit last night down in Miami, a little bit, a
2: little <laughs> bit, a lot of bit. <laughs> they
1: put it on Cleveland a little bit. Um, yes, they did. I, I was uh, I was actually in New Orleans last night watching the MVP battle between Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers and Anthony Davis and and the New Orleans Pelicans. Tough loss for the Pels. They need every one of them. Everybody in the West needs every one of them. But fellas, it dawned on me last night. And when you're at home and going to games, that's one thing. When you get a chance to get out on the road and experience the atmosphere somewhere else, and gee, I know you know what I'm talking about here, it, the energy in the building, the, you know, in, in a top flight matchup like that, you get a chance to to look at it from a completely different angle. And uh, Drew Holiday had a triple-double last night. Played out of his mind. Just played fantastic. So good on defense. He had two of the best blocks I've seen all season. And really hard for me to think of two better, more timely blocks that I've seen from a guard, you know, in the past three or four years. Just unbelievable. Chase down block on Dame Lillard. And then he had another block on on, uh, Pat Connaughton, where he he has literally fallen down out of bounds and Connaughton is getting the ball and going up to the rim to dunk it. Holiday gets up off the ground and blocks it at the rim. I'm telling you two spectacular blocks, but it it dawned on me. Do you think that that not being able to see these games in the flesh kind of doesn't give people the sensation of exactly what we're watching in arenas and i and I thought about that because you know we kind of tend to think these guys. Well, you know, they go out, they play. You know, ah, eh, yeah, they're they, you know they're best basketball players in the world. They get them down the floor. They make some shots, miss shots. But I'm telling you, it is a it's a completely different athletic experience watching it up close. And Jay, I know you see them when you're calling games. You're watching yeah. it courtside. Shoe you, you you know you go to New York. You know Brooklyn, mm. Philly. You you see these guys up close and personal. We're used to it. We're almost desensitized to how unbelievable the athleticism and the skill level is. And I was I was trying to think, like, are we selling the people short when we talk about this stuff, not giving it the, the credit it deserves? Yes.
2: <laughs> and I say that because you're right. You can sometimes have your perspective skewered because we have the opportunity to see these guys live in person quite a bit. Uh, but I had friends come to the game last night. And even as bad as Cleveland looked, they mm. just still were amazed and marveled at just the overall athleticism and, and the size and and the intensity with which these guys play. Because last night was kind of like a playoff atmosphere. Everywhere. I, 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 yeah, yeah, for it, all it, the it teams right in the now, mix, yeah. A credit to the league. But, but you're right, you do, because television doesn't give you perspective. Like, I always get this when I'm out in public. People, first thing they always, not the first, but one of the first things they'll say to me is, oh, Man, I can't believe how big you are, how tall you are. You, know, you look so small on TV. I'm like, well, yeah, that's because I'm standing next to seven-foot people all the time. You know, I mean, of course I look small. You know, you just do. You know, because it's hard to have perspective, even in the age of technology and 4K TV and all that stuff. Right. Until you're actually there, and you can see the sweat coming off their bodies and the athleticism and the response and reaction time and all that stuff. So you you do not always get the full appreciation. And that's for any sport, yeah. quite frankly. Right, right. Uh, obviously, we're more basketball-centric, but th- there's no question that that is the case. I know for sure, like, I, uh, for me, one guy that still m- I marvel at is Joel Embiid. I yeah. try to explain to people, this guy is massive. Yeah. He's a really big human being, you know, and it's hard to have perspective because of the way he moves. You know, Giannis is a guy that's like that. Kevin Durant, for that matter.
1: Right, right.
2: You know, like it's hard to have perspective because you generally don't see people of that size with the kind of lateral quickness and reaction time that those guys have.
1: Are we crazy? I mean, am I crazy thinking that that we don't? It's hard to give an accurate representation of what this looks like with your own eyeballs compared to what you see from home or you know on the highlight. I mean, does that make sense? I
3: hear you. I mean, I, I agree with everything you, you say. I don't really have anything necessarily to add to it, except that that video you posted on Facebook of Iverson playing football. And the one thing I noticed oh about it was how big he looked. How <laughs> it, was, it was how big he looked. Right. Like he looked like the biggest guy on the field. Right. 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 And then he goes into plays in the NBA and, and, and a you, know, you think of him as tiny. Right. Yes. You know? Yes. And so that yeah. that's like another sort of adding to that conversation. But yeah, Embiid is the is the one. Like I, I you see how big he is, and then you see that like the touch that he plays with and the finesse that he plays with. He's just just a freak, you know. Yeah, just it's unbelievable. A, it's, it's nothing nothing we've seen before. Maybe going back to Akeem as far as size combination of size and skill like that. Yeah,
2: because I I'm, t- and, I'm and telling you, remember, and Akeem was six ten. Exactly. Like, that's the thing.
4: Exactly. Yeah,
1: it's true. I mean, yeah, at he's seven the- two. Anthony He's Davis. You forget how big Anthony Davis is. Like mm-hmm. And we and I'm serious. I I, I got I'm I'm gonna talk about Anthony Davis Friday and on the MVP ladder on NBA.com. So I I'm gonna get into this some more. But I was just thinking to myself, like, why is it that Anthony Davis like why didn't he have that big guy mean streak and like that kind of bully attitude? Because I was I was watching Yusuf Nurkic. He plays you can't and you cannot approximate this. Anywhere else, but in an arena when you see him in the flesh, how big and physical he is, just setting screens knocking knocking dudes off their run, and I mean just an unbelievable physical competitor in in the midst of a game um, and Anthony Davis has length and and now some size to go with it, but has length over a guy that big, and I was thinking people yeah. probably don't appreciate how long. In athletic, a guy like Anthony Davis is. When you watch it from afar, I don't. I don't feel it when I'm watching the games on TV. I only get that sensation when I'm in the building, wherever it's at. Like that's the only time, during the finals. Like, shoe when we're always, you know, walk around before games during the finals. I always have to remind myself, yo, like these dudes are humongous. Like we, you know, we go down during pregame warmups. And it's like it doesn't get old. Like it, it should be old to me by now. After all these years, after twenty some years covering sports. It does not get older, just the the complete and ridiculous side giganticness I'm making up words now of these guys <laughs> playing this game it's it's ridiculous but but g a you mentioned something important the atmosphere in miami and and that's the atmosphere that's going around all over the league right now with the postseason almost upon us um you know let's dig into the specifics going on, you know, in the Eastern and Western Conference and two major injuries right off the top um, that happened last weekend. Steph Curry is out indefinitely, you know, after spraining his left knee. Um, and we know he's going to be reevaluating in three weeks, but Steve Kerr's already said, you know, no way he plays in the first round. Um, I don't know if I'm, I'm agreeing with Steve Kerr And then Kyrie Irving out three to six after minor surgery on his left knee. And, and, and I'll ask about Steph first. You guys agree or disagree with Steve Kerr that the prudent thing is to make sure Steph is completely healed and and hold him out of that first-round series?
2: Oh,
3: absolutely agree. Yeah,
2: Um, I I don't think they have a choice. I think the significance of what he went through is why they're doing this. First of all, they just signed him to that extension, and this is something that you don't want to risk potentially him exacerbating uh, moving forward. Rushing him back, uh, I just don't think there's any reason why I would take that chance. Now, having said that, I'm not taking any chance with him playing in the first round if I think there's a. It increases his risk of being damaged goods moving forward. Yeah. Um, if if you're a championship team with that championship aspirations you've got to feel like if you have the rest of that roster there that you should be able to win a first-round series. Yeah, um, They still have the best player on their team in Kevin Durant. Careful. Uh,
1: if, she might disagree uh, with you if, on that.
2: Well, I, I don't disagree. I think <laughs> you got to remember, too, Kevin Durant is a potentially an all-NBA first-team defender. They play both halves. Right. Um, and I love Steph Curry. Don't get me wrong. Steph Curry is a tremendous talent. But Kevin Durant, as he's shown here, as he's involved now, he plays as a seven-footer on both sides of the ball. Right. Uh, every bit as efficient offensively. I just think he's their best player. Uh, you could argue whether or not he's the most important. That's a different conversation. But if they get him, but they got him healthy. Draymond, obviously, Clay Thompson comes back healthy. Uh, not that it would be an easy, they're not necessarily going to sweep, but they should be able to win that series. Um, and you, again, you can't risk Having something reoccur uh, with Steph because if they lose him, I can't see a scenario where they could win it without a healthy Steph Curry.
1: Right. Shu, how much do they change without him? I know you and I have talked about this before um, when we've kind of you know gone back and forth about the the value of Steph and Kate, you know, and Katie and one and the other and how that affects them. But how how different are they with Steph out of the mix?
3: Well, first of all, I agree with G. Eight Durant is the better player for the Warriors. Curry is the mo- more important player, but yeah, I, th- I think they. Cha- I mean, obviously, he his threat to shoot off the dribble is what sort of gets their offense going, and then his willingness to sort of get off the ball, give it up, and then go find you know move around. Then he he, he you know the the gravity that he has as far as the opposing defense bending towards wherever he is on the floor um, is huge. It's what takes a good, a a very, very good offense and makes it the best offense ever basically. Um, And you, and especially just when you, you, now you're replacing him with Quinn cook or Sean Livingston or Andre Iguodala, let's say it's just not you know, not nearly the same. Um, and with Draymond green, not being a very good shooter and, um, whoever they're playing at center, there's just, you know, you take Curry off the floor and there's just one extra, another position that you can sort of, um, not ignore, but you can, uh, help off of, um, uh, to, you know, give more attention to Durant and clay Thompson. So it's huge. Um, You know, and and there are dangerous matchups in the first round for the Warriors. You know, they could be facing Utah, who's 23 and four over the last nine weeks, or Minnesota with Jimmy Butler back. You know, that Jimmy Butler is another one like, you know, I don't know if we've gotten much of an update on him recently. Um, And that's obviously a big question. So there are um, dangerous matchups in the first round for them, but they have to be thinking about rounds three and four, you know, they have to be thinking about Houston in the conference finals and they have to be thinking about the finals as far as Curry is concerned. And, and, you know, if they can't get through the first round without him, well then, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's the way it is. And and they're not going to win a championship anyway. So.
2: And, and I'm sorry, shoot, but, and also factor in that as valuable as Steph is, if he's not, uh, I don't want to say 100% because nobody really, but relative to everybody else, if he's not really healthy, uh, it's harder to be effective when you're small. You know, like you saw it somewhat in the finals two years ago yes. when they lost yes. to Cleveland. Right? Like when he's not, doesn't have his bounce, um, his, his complete quickness, it affects his game more. And then that's not just him. That's. Going to affect Kyrie more. It affect uh, Lillard more. Definitely, just smaller guys in general. Because a part of what your advantage is with the great shooting is the quickness that you use to create that space. No, so that that also plays a role. And you know, we don't know the significance of this injury. Like, but that didn't look. That looked really bad. So I, I just think this is a scenario where th- this is a best case scenario that he's back potentially for that second round, and I don't think there's any way that they would even consider it. I just can't risk, not just this year, I can't risk something happening where it affects him moving forward. Right. right. You know, I just invested $200 million in him, and to shoes point, if he's that most important player, he's the most marketable player, I can't risk him, you know, having something that affects him moving forward because, you know, remember, he's now basically in his prime you know so this his contract matches up perfectly from their standpoint too you know they're going to pay him the most in what should be his best years, maybe yeah. his best stretch right physically
1: yeah does does the injury to Kyrie concern you more shoe in terms of the immediacy in terms of what it means for Boston season not the long term but I'm just saying the next 2 months does does his injury obviously impact the Celtics in in a much greater way than Steph's does because of the other all-stars the Warriors have to pick up that slack?
3: I guess you know it's 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 different I think the Marcus Smart injury combined with the Kyrie Irving injury makes the Irving injury tougher to take you know Mm -hmm. I feel like you know Boston has a backup and Terry Rozier can can I sport, love Roger, you know by and way. Yes. he he can play. Yes. So can Marcus Smart, but with Marcus Smart out, you know, that just saps your depth that much that much more. Um Boston we know has the number one defense in the league and I don't think they lose much defensively with Irving out, but uh obviously late in games, he, you know, not having him is going to show up. I think they, you know, they, I think they've gone by. I think they they have a winning record. I believe I I, I I think it's something like 11 and six or 11 and five, something like that without him this year. I. It's the other thing is like, feels like Boston's playing with house money a little bit, you know, just because of the Hayward injury and because they have these two fantastic young players that they're more about next season anyway. Whereas the Warriors, you know, it's, it's, there's an immediacy every year just because of how good they are. Um, and and the fact that they have two of the five best players in the league, or something like that, with Boston, yeah, You know,
2: oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Chief.
3: Yeah, yeah, with Boston, like the Hayward injury, we know that you know they're not they're not at their best this year anyway, right? And 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 Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are only going to be better next year. So I I just look at it with a different perspective, just because of the 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 realistic chances of them winning a championship.
1: Okay. I mean, I I was you know, yeah, uh, I know what you're saying. Go ahead. Go ahead, sweet. No, I, I know what he's saying. I I just meant Kyrie's absence is a, is a greater blow to Boston's bottom line right now. You know, no matter what we think they're going to do in the playoffs, it it's not possible without Kyrie. Whereas the Warriors still could possibly get to the finals without Steph playing until later in the playoffs. I, I yeah, think, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I just think that. Boston's yes, Boston's opportunity, whatever it might have been in these playoffs goes up in smoke with Kyrie sitting over there, you know, in street clothes. It just there's no no way it happens. Um you know,
2: take it a step further too. See, like I, I look at this differently as well. Big picture, this is a very significant injury in in year because like for the last couple of years I felt like you could make the argument that Boston was playing with house with house money, right? Because mm-hmm. they hadn't spent any significant money. They hadn't gone out and signed the free agents that they've signed, but if you think about it, in a three-year span, they're gonna have basically maxed out Al Horford, or Hayward, and next year, yeah. Kyrie Irving. And having done that, they may not be the best team in their division potentially, <laughs> because Philadelphia is coming. Right, right. And so, like, while we say, like, you know, this is house money for them. Think of it though, from the standpoint, what you know, we're we also thinking post LeBron, right? And we don't know when that post is going to be. But let's just, you know, hypothetically, you're thinking in the next couple years. It was always assumed that it was going to be Boston that was the the anointed one, because of the situation, all the lottery picks, the cap, the flexibility that they had, and they're not going to have that kind of flexibility moving forward. Yeah, because they will have basically utilized it. You know, and so now you start looking at the landscape of that division and that conference. And I would say that the, the guy who's got the highest ceiling in that conference is Embiid. And you I could agree. argue agree. that maybe the next best guy could be Simmons. Simmons and, yeah, and I agree. They now are in a position that we thought and assumed Boston was the last couple of years because they're going to have cap flexibility, they're going to be able to go out and participate in the free agent market this upcoming season.
1: No, yeah, um, that's exactly right. And
2: and so, like, now that all of that goodwill and house money that you had in Boston, if you're not getting the conference finals and having a chance to play for a championship in the next year or two, there's going to be a different level of pressure being placed on that organization.
1: Well, and and think of the doomsday scenario for Boston, is if LeBron decides... Hey, that thing, that situation in Philly looks really nice. No, I'm just saying. Think how I mean, you're you dealing with them in your conference before to have to deal with them in the division. On that with with Embiid and Simmons. I mean, and we're just we're playing. You know. And let's, not, let's not forget
3: here. Toronto too. I mean, they 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 got another year or two left on this on yeah. this run of theirs. Yeah, they've they've, yeah. they've regenerated yeah, they a little bit with their young bench. They they can they they're not going away. I don't think after this season. But I yeah, just, I, I agree with GA that that the pressure on Boston is going to be ratcheted up, uh, incredibly next season with Hayward coming back, um, and with those younger guys getting a little bit older. Yeah,
1: because they'll they'll have run out of the goodwill. And you know, kind picks. of that, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: And, and you know what? That's why this year is so important.
1: Yeah, yeah. They, they were still like they could have stole. They could have stole this season in a lot well, of ways. But the thing is, what you also
2: have to have is you need the experience of success in the postseason for your young guys. Yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing that Boston, if they're healthy, like last year, they got to a conference final. I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but the potential exists. They could be on the first round. So, true. Yeah. you know, we talk a lot about when you're a young team, if you get in the postseason and you can have some success, I mean, it helps you down the line. I, I really believe one reason why Portland has taken that leap is because they had success in the last couple of years earlier in the playoffs,
1: Sure, right? sure.
2: Golden State, what they did the year before they won it, where they, you know, they, they, they showed some moxie against San Antonio. You know, it, it gave them confidence to allow them to go to another level. And see, that's the thing that Boston potentially could miss out on, whereas Philly could benefit from. Philly could get home court. Like, I thought Philly was going to make the playoffs this year, no doubt about it. But I didn't didn't think court, that yeah. this would be a team fighting for home court. Right. Right? Like, I did not, I, I you know, I did not see that. And you get confidence from that. And that's all this game is, is confidence. No. All these guys can play. It's the guys who believe they are better, oftentimes, that separate themselves. And Joel Embiid has proven to be one of those guys. He's got what I call – he's got a confidence level that is just innate about him. You know, he's got supreme belief in his abilities. He doesn't doubt himself. And that's something that when you look at Philly, man, that kid is special. And if he's healthy – they're gonna be a factor in that
1: Eastern Cop. Yeah. Well it's it's too soon for us to nail down matchups, but if if it was gonna go based on what the standings look like right now, let me let me just y'all don't have to respond. I'm just gonna read off the these unbelievable matchups we'd have in the East and West if it went down today. Rockets, Timberwolves in the one eight in the West. Warriors, Jazz in the two seven, Blazers, Spurs in the three six. Thunder Pelicans in the 4 5. Wait a minute, it gets better. In the East, we'd have Raptors Bucks in the 1 8. Celtics Heat in the 2 7. Cavs Wizards, you know, rekindle that old rivalry LeBron and whoever's in uniform in Washington uh, in that 3 6. And then jo- the aforementioned Joel Embiid in the Sixers and the Pacers in the 4 5 in the East. Um, sign me up. For, I'd, I'd want a yeah. piece of every single series sign me up but anyway that, that's us playing matchmaker before it's time uh shoe what kind of shuman stats you got for us this week we gotta we gotta get to the meat of this thing and, and break down whatever brain teaser head scratcher you got for us
3: <laughs> all right here you go uh De'Aaron fox has five baskets to tie or take the lead in the final minute of the fourth quarter or overtime That is tied for fifth in the league, fifth most, Mm. with uh, Anthony Davis, Blake Griffin, and DeMar DeRozan. So who are the four guys who have more baskets to tie or take the lead in the final minute of the fourth quarter or overtime this season? Wow. And the first hint is that two of them, what's that? LeBron? I was just throwing names <laughs> up. LeBron, no. Four, LeBron has four. Two, two of the four guys are on the same team, and then
1: two other guys. All right. I'm going with Chris. I'm, I'm going to go with James Harden first.
3: Nope. Dang. Rockets have not played that many close That's games. That's true. They really That's haven't. A yeah.
1: That's a good point.
2: That's uh, a good point. I'm going to say Kem- Kemba Walker.
3: No. And here's the fact. Here's okay. the thing. Kemba Walker missed his first 15 shots this season to try to take the lead in the <laughs> final uh Final minute of fourth quarter <laughs> overtime. Wow. He made one He made one last week against the Nets, so he is one for 16 in the final minute. I'll tell you, the other Ooh. thing is, final minute of fourth quarter so overtime, nice. shots at, Dame Lillard is up there. Hold on. Time, the the league has shot 30% on these shots, mm-hmm. 30% from the field, 21% from three-point range to tie or take the lead in the final, final minute. Damian Lillard is second with 9, 9 for
1: 17. Um, yeah. what about Russell Westbrook?
3: Russell Westbrook number 1, 10 for 24, 5 for 16 from three-point range.
1: So, his teammate that has to be on the list cuz you said there's two guys from the same team. Two guys are on the same team. We have Westbrook and Lillard so far. It has to be a, th- a Thunder player. Not a, not another well,
3: it C- be yeah, C- CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum could C.J. be. The CJ other McCollum, guy, yeah. 7 yeah. for 18. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Last guy. Uh, Last guy is Eastern Conference, not an All Star. Mm. He's just had a bunch, and he's taken a ton. He's taken 22 shots to tie or take the lead in the final minute or overtime. His team is not very good, but has played a lot of close games.
1: Uh, his team is not very good, or his team stinks. Not
3: his team. Is, uh, his team is in the in the stinky eight at the bottom of the, uh, uh, in the bottom of the standings.
1: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna throw this in out there, and I don't. Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer yeah. Dinwiddie. Correct. Yeah. Was that your guess? Yes. That was my guess? <laughs> yeah.
3: Shoot, can I get a little credit? I now? know, but Sekou <laughs> no, was in the middle of no, guessing. No, he was no, like, no. I'm going to throw this out. <laughs> Sekou was in the middle of giving a guess. He was like, I'm going to throw this out here. And then, and then and <laughs> he, then
1: he hey, says, We Listen, we take all victories <laughs> on the Schumann stat. I don't care. if we? are a team. We're a team. Yeah, so we're a team. We're it. trying to win all this right. thing. All right. Um, I hear you. Shoe, where does Trey Burke rank on that list, by the way? No, I'm just checking for a Michigan friend. I don't uh right, I'll have to look. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I'll have to look. Because I, I don't know, if you, are, are we gone all this time? We haven't mentioned the Final Four and the fact that Michigan will be in San Antonio. Who's that? Yes, Michigan. Michigan uh, basketball. Uh, John B. Lyon, best uh, coach in the country. You might have heard of him. You know, you didn't go oh to Michigan, right? You know that, right? That, and that Listen, <laughs> that has nothing to do with it. When they slice me open, blue blood will come out. So that's all that matters. Um, shout out to my Wolverines, by the way, in the Final Four. Gonna bring this thing home, um, you know, and I appreciate that. Shoe, I appreciate you as always with the shoe stand. And I want you to stick around and listen to bragging rights this week because I believe, unless I'm wrong, I believe it's another good week for the good guy.
4: Last week was not a good week for you, What? Seku. It was a zero and three week. What? Yeah, three. I want to recount. It was one and two for GA. I want to recount the Spurs. What? I only got one and two. <laughs> yeah, the Spurs beat the Jazz right. on Friday night. Yeah, they, they played. Man.
1: So, everybody played me this week.
4: We've got two weeks left this week and the next week, and then Bragging Rights is over for the season. Oh, my gosh. GA has a one-game lead at 25-20. Oh and 20. Oh, my gosh. So, oh, yeah. every game matters. We're going to start on Friday night this week with Pelicans at Cavs. Oh, that's
1: a big one. Anthony Davis injured his ankle. Oh, that's a big one. In the game, by the way, he played the whole second half on a on a bad ankle. I'm nervous. Um... Larry Drew, Ooh, they need the him second the is tray. going to Cleveland to put the put the voodoo on his dad as the head coach of the Cavaliers. I'm very nervous about this game. Cleveland needs it. The Pelicans need it desperately, but they don't. I, Kevin Love is not going to play probably. Good Lord, I'm gonna go with the Pelicans on a on a wing and a prayer. Uh,
2: based on what I just saw from the Cavs, <laughs> they had nowhere to go but uh. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm gonna take two because they got thoroughly embarrassed last night.
4: I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with them in that one. Then we're gonna go to Saturday night NBA TV Raptors at Celtics. Oh
1: gosh, this kind of game, that's gonna be a tough. game. That's the kind of game Boston wins too when they had when they shouldn't. I'm gonna go with. The you Celtics. you know what though? You I'm going with Sel- Boston? Yeah, I'm going Boston. I, I I need to make help, up the yeah, game. I'm go Raptors. Yeah, I need to I'm make up the game. Raptors. I'm going go boston. Of course the Raptors will go in there and beat the brakes off of them with my luck. All right. All right
4: Final see. game, Sunday, league pass, eight o'clock. Bucks at nuggets.
2: Ooh. What a Nuggets. By oh, the way Bucks right now, man. The Bucks scaring me right now, say
1: so By the way, does does Paul Millsap, who I love I mean, it's my man. But if he gets dunked on one more time, did you see <laughs> Joel Embiid <laughs> smashed on him, right? And then Jakob Purtle like tried to do the Blake Griffin throw it in slam on him. The next day I was like, I'm like Paul Millsap, stop jumping, bro. Like, do not get on these highlights. You know he's been out
2: 50 years. I know he's like, (laughs) it's just the timing. Like, stop, stop it. He'll be all right by the postseason. It's just a matter. I don't know if he's gonna be in it.
1: Yeah, it's like he he should be ready by the postseason. Stop jumping. I'm going with the Nuggets, so I'm gonna go with them. I'm actually going to agree with you on that. Yeah, I'm going to go with Denver.
2: Denver at home is a completely different team. They're desperate. uh, And I'm hoping that game's really important.
1: Uh, Yeah, man, let's hope it means something. You're right. You're right. Um, All right, well, listen, appreciate uh, everybody finding their way to some technology to get on the podcast this week. Um, We apologize for everybody being in a million different places. John Schumann. You know, he's got to do his chauffeur thing. He, I think he's Uber for dancers, uh, for tiny dancers in New Jersey. So he's, he's doing his second job right now, driving around the streets of Matucha, um, New Jersey. Ga, uh, I will see you, uh, I believe on game time Wednesday night, and uh, we'll see what happens in bragging rights, because uh, nice. I got a game we'll to make up. Out. Yeah, man, I got a game to make up. So. Uh... <laughs> Listen, uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to Hangtime on Apple Podcasts for a new episode all season long. And don't forget to leave a glowing review. We'll see you right here next week on the Hangtime Podcast.
0: Thanks for listening to the Hangtime Podcast. And be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts
4: for a new episode every Thursday this season. And as always, say kuna Matata.